T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. If this is your first time listening, you're probably thinking, hey, isn't that guy from The Bold and the Beautiful, the hit CBS drama? And yes, I for sure was on that show, and it was awesome. But I'm much more than just an actor and part-time model. I'm also a game master of my Numenera group, and I write books. My newest novel, The Fleeting Prince, came out this month through my publisher, Bold Venture Press, available on Amazon. So please, if you want to support this podcast or my book, pick it up on Amazon and write a review, and maybe pass it along to a friend that might be interested. With that in mind, I'll be releasing bi-weekly episodes of the audiobook on this podcast, and starting next week, I should have some bonus episodes coming your way. Now, without further ado, Chapter 2 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 2 Lennox stood outside with his hand still resting on the door. He looked inside. Three stone walls, a bed of rotten wood. The room reeked of stale death. It had been all he knew for so long. How much had changed, he thought. More than he dared imagine. Irrelevant. He would resume his work where he had left off. He rolled the Oathkeeper ring around his finger. He had time. He could feel Shiva's eyes on his back, ever watchful. Not much escaped that one. Lennox was sure of that. He turned his back to the prison. Shiva was leaning against the wall, his hand resting gently on the hilt of his sword. His hood pushed back, showing his face. How is your leg? Lennox asked. Shiva watched him closely. I only asked because it seemed like you were favoring it a little. Once I retrieve my things, I believe I can help you. At least a little bit. I'm no mage, but I know a few minor healing spells. Without answering him, Shiva turned and began making his way towards the stairwell that led up to the attic. Lennox followed, making note that Shiva was indeed favoring his right leg, but mostly pleased to be free of the cell. He knew he would get out eventually. There was no uncertainty about that. But still, it had been trying and unpleasant, more so than he had imagined. The undead guards had offered little solace. To be utterly alone is an awful thing. They reached the stairwell and ascended. The stairs were narrow and led to a single square room lit by torches, with a ladder that led to the roof in the corner, and a wooden hatch that was unlocked and open. Large barrels lined the walls, dark, rotten wood that looked dulled in the light. Weapons filled each barrel to the brim, some of them so full the swords and daggers and axes had overflowed and were scattered on the ground in large piles. The oldest of the iron blades had rusted away to nothing long ago, leaving behind red stains on the old stones where they had once rested. An eternity has come and gone, Lennox thought. For a moment he wondered just how long he had been imprisoned. It scarcely mattered. He walked over to one of the closer barrels and picked up a small sword that had been resting on top of the pile. Lennox remembered them all, each and every blade, 
and the knight who'd carried them. Many of them became his own personal guard, like the Black Knight and the brothers before him. So many, yet they all fell to the gargoyle. Lennox turned. Shiva was stepping from barrel to barrel, looking inside. What are you looking for? he asked. Shiva either ignored the question or was too preoccupied to hear it. Lennox assumed the first. He stood watching as Shiva began pulling out weapons and tossing them to the floor. Not all of them were old and shattered. Some of the steel was well made, castle forged with jewels glittering in the hilt and blade. Shiva tossed them to the ground, the red rubies scattering across the stone floor like sparks of fire. I need an axe, a large one, heavy and with a sharp blade, Shiva said. Oh, well I can help you with that. Without waiting for a reply, Lennox turned and looked furtively out across the room at the different barrels. He walked slowly across the room until he found what he was looking for. He stepped up close to one of the barrels and tipped it over, spilling out the contents, blades, and swords alike. Here, he said, and knelt down before pulling out a huge double-bladed battle axe, a cruel weapon, heavy and sharp on both edges. Why, look at you. That will service me nicely. Shiva moved towards Lennox, who handed him the axe happily. You have a fine blade, Lennox said. What do you need this for? The beast's head, Shiva answered. He handled the axe with ease, a heavy war blade that Lennox could scarcely lift. He watched Shiva move towards the ladder and begin his ascent. The man was an everlasting mystery to him. He followed up the ladder and emerged upon the rooftop of the undead cathedral. It was just as he remembered it to be. The large, slanted roof was long and wide. Entire sections of the wooden shingles still burned red from where the gargoyle's fire had landed. Some of the wood still glowed fiery and black like coals. On the other side of the roof stood the bell tower, its entrance a small doorway one must cross the roof to reach. Lining the tower were spiring torches like the ones inside the cathedral, but larger, much larger. Their fire was the only light the cathedral would ever see. Their flames were bright, their reach long. Even from here, Lennox could see them illuminating the walls of the mountain which surrounded them. He could not quite see the roof of the cave, but the light crawled up the cold stone walls to an incredible height. He stepped off the stone ledge onto the roof, his eyes landing upon the beast that lay slain by the bell tower, resting on its side almost as though it were sleeping. Shiva was already moving towards the beast, the mighty axe in hand. He was moving slowly, limping slightly as he walked. Lennox followed. Do you plan on cutting him into pieces? Lennox asked. The beast was larger than he remembered, nine feet tall at least with broad shoulders, broader than any two men put together, a towering giant. The gargoyle spear lay fallen beside it, a black piece of iron, long and sharp the longest spear he had ever seen. No, Shiva answered. I only want its head. Naturally. You should have let me fight the beast with you. Perhaps then you would have avoided that injury to your leg. And have you shared in the hunt? Ha! Shiva was looking at him with a wildness in his eyes. It left just as quickly as it had come, but it had not escaped Lennox's notice. He watched the hunter move towards the gargoyle's head and then stepped to the side. 
carefully lining up the blade of the axe. He took off the beast's head with a single, sure stroke. Blood sprayed out across the rooftop, red as wine, shining brightly in the torchlight. Lennox watched it seep into the cracks. The wooden shingles drank it eagerly and dyed the dark wood black. A hint of a smile touched Shiva's mouth as he dropped the war axe and walked towards the severed head. He picked it up by the horns and displayed it to Lennox as his prize. The lone hunter scores the best treasure, he said. Lennox nodded. I must ask, what treasure is the gargoyle's head to you? Oh, don't worry now. I will show you when we return to Catarone. Why spoil a surprise? Shiva knelt down and produced a large black sack and placed his treasure inside. He slung the sack over his shoulder and turned to face Lennox. I appreciate your patience. My work here is done and we are free to leave now. Perhaps you should retrieve a blade from the armory before we depart. Thank you, yes. Though there is one more task I must do before we leave. Lennox was already moving towards the tower as he spoke. Hmm. Shiva followed after, content with his treasure, and curious as to what business the Golden Knight could have in the bell tower. He felt foolish a moment later when they began to climb the stairs toward the top. You wish to ring the bell of Colleen? My mistress says it's a fool's errand. I'm growing more and more curious about your lady soon, Lennox replied. She knows much. I have never heard of such a powerful seer. Lennox waited for Shiva to reply, but after a moment of silence, he continued. She's correct. It is a fool's errand. For anyone but me. How so? Shiva asked but this time it was Lennox's turn to stay quiet. The bell of calling hung at the top of the tower, mounted upon a headstock cast of iron, and fixed upon two stone pillars to bear the weight. The bell itself was cast of silver and gold, as well as some copper and tin. Writing was engraved from the top to bottom around its circumference. What does it say? Shiva asked. It's a record, Lennox answered. Shiva stepped up close to the bell and ran his fingers across the imprinted script. It looks old. It is old, Lennox replied. It very well might be the oldest bell ever made. It once sat atop the third temple of Ralar during the Age of Foundation. Some say the four lords crafted it themselves, and that it rang loud signaling the victory of the lords when the final serpent was slain. At least... That's what some say. Lennox was circling the bell, looking for the rope and switch. He found the lever fastened to the stone floor opposite the staircase. The switch was cast of the same gold and silver as the bell, the same copper and tin. It was almost as tall as Lennox, coming just up to his chest. It's not true, though. Shiva watched as Lennox grabbed at the lever and tugged. Huh. Lennox stopped and took a knee and looked down at the base of the lever. It's rusted through. He placed his hands back on the lever and set his foot against the wall and pushed. After a moment there was a clear and audible click, and the lever released. 
Lennox pulled it back and stepped away. The web of ropes that hung above the bell began to move, and any slack in the lines grew taut before at last the great bell turned. It reached the height of its arc and dropped, swinging wide. The internal clapper at last found the hollow cup of the bell and released. It was perfect. The large bell struck note on E, its hum tone a near octave below. All else rang true. The minor third, fifth octave, and major third sang beautifully, its sound untainted by the passage of time. The tower was heavy with sound. Shiva stood with hands clapped across his ears to guard them from the sound. But Lennox stood with his head tilted back and his eyes up among the ropes and pulleys of the tower. He smiled underneath his helm, his eyes gleaming. He had not been free until this moment, not truly. All concerns that the tower may have fallen to disrepair were washed away, baptized by the clean song of the bell. The last chime echoed out as the swinging arc diminished, and the bell finally came to rest. Shiva dropped his hands. He was looking at the bell but shifted his eyes towards Lennox and waited. The golden knight remained where he stood, looking up into nothing. Shiva opened his mouth to speak, but nothing came. He closed his mouth and moved towards one of the windows and looked out. The tower was high, higher than he thought. He could see the headless remains of the gargoyle below, its lifeless body still as sin. Right then, Shiva said. You've done it. You've rang the bell. What happens next? Lennox turned to face him, his eyes still gazing upwards. Well, we make a fire. Where? Here? No, beside the cathedral, up close to the water, Lennox answered. He was making his way towards the stairs and Shiva followed after. Why a fire? Shiva asked as they descended. I've rang the bell of calling. Now we must light the signal. The shore along the ruins runs a great distance. A fire is required. The legend speaks of ringing the bell. I've heard nothing of lighting a signal. Well, it seems like what you've heard is incomplete then. I promise a fire is necessary. Very necessary. And a large one at that. A very large one. I would set the cathedral ablaze if it were not made of stone. As it is, the wooden pews of the main hall should suffice. They were still there when you arrived, were they? They were. Good. They descended, passing by the cold remains of the gargoyle. Lennox took one final look. He cared little for the beast, his one-time captor. Cold eyes looked away. He was glad to see the guard dog dead. They moved back across the cathedral's roof. The stench of blood filled the air like rot. Lennox was happy to be leaving, when the crescent window he had peered up at for so long caught his eye. Surely it would not matter if he delayed their departure for just a moment longer, just enough for him to peek down at his cell. He was curious what it would look like from above. What now? Shiva asked as Lennox moved towards the window. Lennox held up his hand. Just a moment, please, he replied. 
The crescent window only came up to his knees now that he stood beside it. He knelt down and placed his hand on the stone and peered inside. He saw his cell dimly lit by torchlight. Empty. It looked bigger from the outside. It had not felt big at all. Not while on the other side of the iron gate. Silence filled the cell and hallway below. And then, brooding shadows appeared. Moving quickly across the bars, followed swiftly by their masters. Lennox's heart wavered. The caretakers glanced inside the empty cell and turned away in a flurry, their milk-white faces hidden in shadows, their eyes searching. Lennox backed away just as they gazed up at the crescent moon. Had they seen him? Lennox couldn't be sure. He dared not move. The roof was old and creaked with every step. Shiva stood watching him, somewhat curious by his actions. Lennox was happy for the man's silence. When realization struck, he glanced up at the bell and then turned back to Shiva. Guard the hatch! More sentries have come! He yelled as he ran back towards the gargoyle. Shiva released the gargoyle's head and moved to the side of the hatch and crouched low, ready to strike at any head that might pop up from below. He glanced up and saw Lennox retrieving the war axe that lay next to the beast. He wanted to call out to the Golden Knight but resisted least he betray his position. Lennox was running back across the roof with the axe in hand, but slowed as he drew closer. His eyes narrowed, and his chest rose and fell in labored gasps, winded from the sprint. He thought they would have appeared by now. He met Shiva's eyes, but said nothing. He broke into a crouch and once again moved towards the crescent window. Hesitantly, he peeked down. Both the cell and hallway lay calm and empty. He shuffled across the roof and hopped onto the stone ledge opposite Shiva. How many? Two, Lennox answered. Two is not very many. Shiva's tense figure grew calm as he shifted backwards. You frightened me a little. Something in the way you moved. These men are all hollows. Easy enough to fell as long as you're careful. He whispered the words. No. These are no mere guards. They are the caretakers, sorcerers, strong ones. A look of disgust touched Shiva's face. Pyromancy? Lennox shook his head. Curses. I'd prefer firecasters over true sorcery, Shiva growled. I think they've retreated back into the cathedral, Lennox said. He lifted his axe and after a moment gathered up the courage and slowly stepped forward. He looked down the wooden staircase into the storage room and let out a long, silent breath. It's empty, he said, and began his descent. Once down, he placed his axe on the stone floor and leaned it against one of the barrels. He moved along, looking inside each of the wooden casks for a weapon more his liking. Shiva followed closely, carding the gargoyle's head on his back as he kept his eyes on the stairwell. His right hand rested softly on the pommel of his blade. Lennox continued his search, pulling out a large, double-handed greatsword. He swung it once through the air, testing its balance. And then he recalled the black knight lying dead beside his cell. He placed the sword back inside the barrel he retrieved it from, and shuffled along the wall until his eyes saw what he was looking for. 
The ball and chain flail hung on an iron spike hammered deep into the wall. It was one among many, but Lennox could see the runes etched into the wooden shaft. A common spell, but reliable. Put there to ensure the weapon's strength. The metal ball on its iron chain would rust long before the wooden handle ever did. He swung the ball in a rough arc above his head, and then let it fall to the side. It moved well. He was pleased. Lennox hung the flail on his belt and moved towards the table in the corner. A pile of daggers and small blades rested atop the stand. It was the only stack that didn't look as though it would fall over at the slightest touch. There are some good blades here, if you are in need of a dagger, Lennox said, half looking over his shoulder towards Shiva. The quiet servant remained where he stood. After a little more looking, Lennox settled on a pair of matching daggers, well balanced and thin. He tossed one in the air and watched it spin and tumble before catching it cleanly and returning it to its sheath. A rack of bows caught his eyes for a moment, but he quickly turned away. He had never been great with a bow, and he failed to see any crossbows. He would stick with the daggers. If you are about finished, Knight Lennox, how about we depart from this cursed cathedral? I feel its charms are few indeed, with you free and the beast slain. As you wish, Shiva. I have no more desire to stay here any longer than I must. I've been here quite long enough already. But I find leaving might not be as easy as you think. And, well, only jesters and fools run off before they're armed. Shiva drummed the palm of his sword with his fingers. Weighing, considering, he turned towards the stairs, moving as softly as a shadow cat, his dark cloak waving behind him like a twin specter. Even with his bow wrapped around him and the gargoyle's head slumped over his shoulder, the man moved like a predator, with eyes ever watchful. He favored his leg a little less, Lennox noticed curiously. They stepped down the stairwell into a familiar hallway. It was strange, not being locked inside. Lennox felt as though he were dreaming. He hadn't dreamed in so long. Not truly, but he remembered. They walked along cautiously, Shiva in front. This won't do, Shiva said. Guard the hallway for a moment. Lennox nodded and watched as the warden set down the gargoyle's head. He walked past Shiva and moved towards where the black knight lay slain. The dead knight's black kite shield rested beside him. Lennox picked it up and gripped the leather handle tightly in his fist. It was light. Lighter than it should have been. The black shield smelled like ash, and the arch tree design ran all along the back of the shield as well as the front. He looked at the runes etched along the inside and smiled. At least he would be safe against fire. It wouldn't help much against the caretakers, but there were other beasts who wielded flame, and they would be out soon enough. Shiva had tied the sack around him like a sash, so that the gargoyle's head now hung on his back, leaving his arms free. He had his bow in one hand and an arrow knocked in the other, ready to draw. His eyes met Lennox's. He moved forward with a slight nod, once again taking his place in the front. Lennox was happy for it. He had seen the man move. He had seen him slay the gargoyle. Well, 
He had heard him. Shiva could no doubt handle the caretakers by himself, but Lennox was happy to help. He smiled at the thought of swinging his flail into the pale milk faces of the men. It was less than they deserved. They moved down the hallway and turned the corner, Lennox's cell at last behind him. Spiraling torches lined the walls, illuminating a narrow hallway with small living quarters packed close opposite the torches, their wooden doors rotting or already falling from their posts. Each room sported a wooden bed similar to the one in Lennox's cell, each bed just as foul and decrepit as his own. More than a few of the rooms held corpses, truly dead men. They had not moved in a long time. The room smelled of earth and dust. Shiva moved cautiously down the gloomy hallway, glancing warily inside each of the doorways. He would not be caught by surprise. They passed the final room and moved down a spiraling staircase, across a second hallway packed with even more rooms than the first. There the hallway turned and the pathway sloped downward in a long half-arc and ended in a medium-sized room that rested behind the main amphitheater. The once-decorated room now stood in ruin. Large, torn tapestries hung black and charred, half-burned down from a fire long ago. The ground was covered in dirty puddles and scattered pages of decaying books. Lennox remembered what it had once looked like, long ago. It made him sad to see such a beautiful room reduced to such a state. Though, nothing lasts forever, he thought. The whole cathedral had been beautiful once, a shining beacon that stood above a now-flooded city. The light was dim in the room, only a single torch burned, but Lennox's eyes were accustomed to the blackness of the cathedral. He hopped over one of the larger puddles and stepped up to the door. His hand found the heavy ring set in the middle and wavered. Hesitantly, he pulled at it. For a moment, the door resisted. Then it released, and slowly began to swing inward with a groan so loud, Lennox was certain its echo could be heard all throughout the cathedral. He opened the door just enough for Shiva to peek through and see out into the auditorium. Hmm, it's no good. The angle is wrong. I can't see anything. Lennox pulled at the door once more. This time it swung easily. Unlike the dim room in which they stood, the main auditorium was a mass of burning light. Familiar spiral torches lined the pillars and walls, and three chandeliers ran across the roof, each one twinkling in the light of a thousand candles. The chandeliers were decorated with all kinds of rubies and sapphires, each gem glowing exquisitely in the light, as though the stones themselves were set ablaze. Well, I won't lie. I'm worried a trap lies ahead, but, well, Lennox felt the oath-keeper ring on his finger. We have our obligations. Shiva nodded and stepped forward. They moved down the center walkway, gazing down the aisles one by one, their eyes dancing across the auditorium. The trap was sprung just as they reached the center. The large chandelier fell without noise, not a single sound. Five hundred pounds of iron and fire crashing down in utter silence. If Lennox had not already been looking up, it would have crushed them in the beat of a heart. But Lennox had been looking up. He rushed toward Shiva, 
tackling him to the ground as the chandelier fell behind them. All sound was lost, stolen by sorcery, and then the caretakers were upon them. Lennox was just rising to his feet when a white orb flew past his head, glowing hot white like lightning. Lennox ducked down as the second orb flew past him and smashed into the broken chandelier, tossing up shattered iron and burning candles into the air. He took cover behind one of the pews and ducked low. Shiva was across from him, one aisle over with his head bent down. He was trying to get a better look, lifting his gaze to no avail. Each attempt only brought forth a new orb. He looked towards Lennox, signaling for him to run. Lennox understood, grimacing beneath his helm. Curses, he thought. Curse this whole damned cathedral. It should have been built a prison. Very well. He pushed himself up to one knee and nodded. A moment later, he was sprinting across the amphitheater, moving towards the stone pillars. White orbs flew at him two at a time, flashing like lightning and crashing into the pews behind him. The wooden benches cracked and splintered in the cold silence, casting up wooden shards high into the air. He reached the pillar and looked back toward Shiva. The hunter was kneeling with his bow drawn back. He seemed to be waiting for something. Another white orb struck the pillar close to Lennox's head, and the Golden Knight quickly looked away. When he turned back, Shiva had let fly his arrow, and the white orb stopped. Suddenly, the noises of the cathedral returned. Are you well? Lennox called out. Shiva didn't answer. He had already knocked his bow with another arrow and was pulling back on the string. He was aiming the bow just above Lennox's head when he let the arrow fly. Lennox's feet slipped out from beneath him as he ducked down, out of the path of the arrow. He landed on his back, and like that, his shield was thrown clear. When he turned his head to look for it, he saw the second caretaker on the ground beside him, an arrow sticking out of one of his arms. The man showed no sign of pain and eyed Lennox with a cool gaze. The caretaker's hand went for a dagger at his side, but Lennox was already swinging his flail in a high arc. The spiked ball found its mark, and blood gushed from beneath its dark iron. The caretaker's foot jerked, and then his hand, but nothing else. He lay motionless from then on. Lennox let his head fall back. He was lying in a small pool of water with blood slowly seeping in, turning the liquid a smoky red. Lennox didn't move. He didn't care. His chest rose and fell as he looked up at the ceiling towards one of the chandeliers. He could hear Shiva's footsteps as he walked through the scattered puddles. Lennox couldn't see him, but he knew Shiva was searching the fallen caretakers. Claiming his loot, Lennox thought, or treasure, whatever he wished to call it. It was all the same to Lennox. He pushed himself up so that he was leaning back on his hands and listened as Shiva made his way across the cathedral. You move well, very quick. I've never seen someone move so spryly in armor before. The tone of the words seemed to pose a question. Lennox grinned inside his helm. Thank you. Sincerely. That's high praise coming from someone who moves like a shadow cat. Shiva laughed, though Lennox couldn't guess why. He took the handle of his flail and pulled the spiked ball free. The caretaker's face was caved in like a crater, and blood had pooled at the bottom, covering some of the grotesque and beaten flesh. Lennox looked away. He stood up and searched the surrounding for his shield. 
He found it two aisles over, and wondered how it had been thrown so far. To cross swords is a queer and dangerous dance, Lennox thought. Anything may occur. He was safe in his armor, but it was incomplete. He would be vulnerable until he retrieved the rest of his belongings. He shook away the thought. Shall we carry on? Shiva asked. Lennox looked towards the warden. He was wet from the puddle and tasted fresh blood in his mouth. He wanted to take off his helm and breathe in fresh air, but no, he was still so weak. He was confident he could cast a decent glamour, but Shiva had penetrating eyes that saw much. Would he see through it? Would he care? As it was, Lennox didn't even raise his visor. He nodded and moved across the auditorium towards Shiva, and together they continued towards the main entrance. Lennox observed that Shiva was no longer favoring his right leg. What a specimen, Lennox thought, as he took in the bear-sized man. He thumbed at his oath-keeper ring, rolling it on his finger beneath his glove. Shiva had one as well. It was identical to his own. The warden wore other rings on his left hand. Four in total, Lennox counted. The oath-keeper ring, and three others. Only the gods knew what enchantments were upon them, but no, even they didn't know. Lennox was certain of that. At last they stood before the heavy stone doors of the undead cathedral's entrance. Lennox hardly knew what to think. He glanced back towards the caretakers, his eyes landing on the one he had killed, and then moving to the other, watching them, making certain they were truly dead. He would have to check thoroughly. After he had set the fire, they would not rise quickly. The one he had killed would not rise at all. Not with the wound he had inflicted, but the other, he was not so certain. Shiva placed his hand upon the stone and pushed. The door opened quietly. Shiva stepped out, but Lennox paused at the foot of the door and looked out into the darkness beyond. He could see a trail of torches that hung upon the side of the cave's wall and traveled up in the distance before turning black completely. The first steps home are often the hardest, he thought, and stepped outside, away from the cathedral and into the surrounding darkness.